Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. At GVC, our mission is simple. It's to love God, love people, and love life. This year, we want to reach further into the glory and the presence of our God and experience Him like we never have before. This year is going to be different. Can you feel it? I know you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Here we go. This is week number two of our series that we started last week, and the series that we started last week was entitled, You Can Get Anywhere From Here. Come on, say it with me. I can get anywhere from here. Amen. So today, you're in the right place at the right time. And uh, Pastor B.B. Hankins, he pastored a church in a small town in uh, Texas, and it only had one streetlight in it. And that was his coined phrase. He said, you can get anywhere in the world from this streetlight right here. And so I borrowed his, his slogan because, again, from right now, right here where you're at, at GVC, you can get anywhere that you want to get to from this place. And where this place is, is right at the perfect plan and the perfect place and the perfect will of God. And whether you realize it or not, right now you are in the perfect will of God. Now that statement doesn't apply to everybody. It applies to those that are endeavoring to follow and seek the Lord. And obviously that doesn't mean that we're perfect. How many of you would wave your hand and say, yeah, I'm a perfect Christian? None of us are. But for those that are endeavoring to walk with the Lord and follow the Lord and follow His leading and try to fulfill the plan of God the best of our ability, right now in this place, in this time, you are in the perfect will of God. And you might say, well, I don't feel like it. I mean, I just feel like I'm struggling to serve God. But you realize that there's people that could be here today, but you chose to be here. There's people that could say, you know what, I'm afraid to go to church. But you said, you know what, come hell or high water, I'm coming to church today and nothing's going to keep me from it. And so it doesn't matter what it feels like or what it looks like, you're here and you're right in the perfect plan of God for your life in this moment. And once again, you might say, it sure don't feel like it. But here's what I want you to understand and for it to bring comfort to your heart is that God knew that you would be in this place in this moment. And you say, but you don't know where I've been and what I've been doing and how I've been feeling. But He did. And he knew it before the foundations of the world, before you ever existed. He knew the mistakes and the past and the choices and the decisions you would make that would get you here today in the seats. Therefore, you cannot disappoint God. And because he knew you would be right here in this moment, that means you are in the perfect will of God and you can get anywhere from here. It's just a matter of where you choose to go. You can continue sidestepping. You can continue getting distracted. Or you can say, you know what? Right now, from this day forward, I'm endeavoring to be right in the perfect plan of God. And I'm going to fulfill the plan of God for my life. Amen? Why? Because you can get anywhere from here. Now, I had had a message already prepared that I was going to share this morning. And just as I woke up this morning, there's just some things that were stirring in my heart. And so I just got up early. In fact, I got up early, couldn't go to sleep. So I got up, thought I'd pray a little bit. A little bit. But then there just kept this, this thing that just kept rolling around inside. And so 
it is, seems right to kind of just change our direction just a little bit. Will you be okay with that if we do? And so here's what I ask. I ask you that you just believe God with me that we're going to say exactly what needs to be said. I mean, you came with an expectation to hear from God this morning, didn't you? I mean, that's why you're here after all, is because you came with an expectation that God has something for me to hear, and therefore when I hear it, it's going to change my life. And so I just, again, hook up your faith with me to believe that we're going to say exactly what God wants us to say, because I need to hear what God wants to say just as much as you do. Amen? So I trust that it will be a blessing and that it will again set us on the course and the path of which we need to be at this present time in our life. But if you remember last week when we began this series, we started out by putting you in remembrance of what John chapter 10 verse 10 says. If you recall, the Bible says, for the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Now, one translation says, Jesus said, I've come that you would live life to the full and that your life would be a fulfilled life. And the unfortunate thing is, is that if you was to ask most Christians, give me a definition of what the Christian life looks like. And that would not be the definition. We wouldn't be saying, yeah, to follow and serve Jesus is to, to live a full and a fulfilled life. Right? Most would say, you know what? It's just being obedient and doing what God asks you to do as though He's going to ask you to do something that you don't want to do. But in the very definition of what Jesus said, I've come to do, that you would live a fulfilled life, tells us that there must be something that my heart can agree with and get on board with because what God has set before me agrees with my heart. That there's something in the desire and the makeup of who I am that says, God, I just want to do what you've asked me to do. I want to be in the perfect plan. Wherever you would direct, wherever you would lead, whatever you have for my life, it is going to be a fulfilled life. Amen. God desires for our lives to be such a blessing. Does that mean that we're going to live a life without test or trial? Does it mean that we're not going to have speed bumps along the way? Does it mean that things are going to happen that we're going to say, man, I just don't understand, God. Why did that happen? No, there's going to be those things that come up along the way, but nevertheless, we can have the confidence and the assurance that Jesus said, the reason that I came was not only that you could have forgiveness of sin, but that you could have a fulfilled, full life. And if Jesus is making that statement, it is not optional. It's not something that we can just play around with to say, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. No, Jesus didn't say it was optional. He said, this is a mandate. This is what I came for. Now, you have free conscience and, and free will. You can choose to do what you want to do. But I've given you an, a, a commandment. I've given you some instruction to live a fulfilled and full life. Amen. How many of you met Christians that call themselves Christians, but when you begin to examine the fruit of their life, one being joy, you're thinking, dear God, I've seen people serving the devil have more fun than you. I've seen people that are serving the devil that smile more than you. And yet we have eternal life, but we have Jesus in our life. And he said, I've come that you would experience this kind of life. Come on, are you tracking with me? 
And so God wants us to experience this kind of life. But now, we're at a crossroads this morning. Which way will you go? Because at this crossroads, you can get anywhere from here. You can get to that place of a fulfilled life. And it doesn't have to be a long distance road race. It can begin the moment that you start to turn in the right direction and head where God wants you to go. How many of you know that God is not keeping His plan from you? And it's not difficult to hear God's leading. Now, sometimes because we allow all the distractions to, to blur and, and, and become static and noise, sometimes it becomes challenging because we're focusing all, on other things. But God's not indifferent to speak to you and give direction to your life. And so, this is what was stirring in my heart this morning. God brought this to my remembrance of some things that we've been reading as a family. This particular year, we as a family, we started doing family devotions regularly. And so what we'll do is we'll sit around the table and we'll just all read the Word of God together. And we have our plan that we're reading, so we'll read several chapters. And so we're just getting ready to, to finish up the first five books of the Bible. It's called the Pentateuch. And then we're also reading some of the New Testament. But as we begun to read... Just this last particular time, there were some things that stood out to me as we're reading in Deuteronomy because it's closing out that, that portion of the Bible. And if you recall, that first portion of the Bible, it's really speaking to, at least primarily, talking about when God took His people of Israel out of slavery from Egypt, right? And He sent Moses to lead them to the Promised Land. But all through the Scripture, there were some things that I began to recognize and notice that God is consistently saying, follow me. Follow my instructions. I've given you my oracles. I've given you my judgments. I've given you my statutes. He says, if you'll follow me and if you'll follow them, your life will be blessed because you have a covenant with me. He says, you have not begun to experience the best as of yet. He says, if you'll follow me and listen and obey. He said, the best is yet to come. And he would tell them that over and over and over. And then as we began to read uh, towards the end uh, of, uh, of Deuteronomy... Moses, he begins to recite the things that he had told them time and time again. And I began to see this pattern that God is telling his people, if you'll just follow me, oh, I'll establish my covenant with you. And every time that I read that, that last day that we read that, it did something on the inside of me. I can't even begin to explain it. It was like this. It was almost like warm honey began to be poured over me. Because as I began to read it, it gave my heart such comfort. Because God, in His mercy, continually said, walk with me, follow my statutes. But He always told them as well, He says, now if you don't, He says, it won't be good for you. In fact, one time He says, if you don't, adhere to my statutes, he says, you'll begin to dwindle in number and you as a people will disappear. 
I feel like I've let you down. I feel like I've messed up. Come on, does anybody ever feel like that? And yet we see God in His mercy say, I love you unconditionally. I mean, the whole reason that I came to set you free out of slavery was because I love you. I love you so much, I'm taking you to a place of promise, and I'll honor my word. And I'm just asking you to follow the road because you can get there from here. All you got to do is follow my leading. And he says, now you've messed up, now just get it right. You've messed up, just get it right. You've messed up, just get it right. And the mercy of God is so full. And once again, I'm thinking of myself like, God, all I want to do is fulfill what you've called me to do. When we were singing that last song, man, that verse just ripped me up. He said, you've chose me to carry your victory. God chose you. He chose me to carry his victory. In all of our mess-ups and all of our failures, of all of our starts and stops, of all of our, God, I promise, God, I won't do, God, I promise, I will do, and all the times that we've blown it, God still says, I chose you to carry my victory. You look at yourself as a failure. God sees you as a victorious champion because of what He did. And the enemy is endeavoring to derail your life, get you off course, get you to take a wrong turn. Because if he can, you'll never see the victory of who you are. In fact, if you recall, the Bible says that in regards to the children of Israel, do you recall the Bible tells us that once they got there and they saw the hand of God and the blessing of God and the promise of God fulfilled, it says that they began to look back. It said, but God... It was better back then. They started to grumble and complain. I know nobody in here has ever grumbled and complained against God. Have you? Anybody? Yeah. (laughs) But I find that's where so many of us can live. Because you realize when you come to that intersection, and I'm talking naturally speaking, but also figuratively as to the application of what we're talking about, When you come to an intersection and you're waiting for your turn to go, obviously you're surveying the the landscape. But one of the things that you oftentimes do before you proceed is you look in the rearview mirror. And that's what the children of Israel were doing. God was saying, follow me. He says, I've got such a blessed promise and life that is fulfilled. If you'll just follow me, you won't even begin to imagine how awesome life will be. But they kept looking in the rearview mirror. And they kept saying, God, well, what about back there? What about back there? What about back there? What about back there? And isn't that how we oftentimes live as we're proceeding to move forward with God? As God says, the promises are in front of you. My, 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 my blessing is in front of you. But we keep looking in the rearview mirror of all the mess that we just passed through. And God says, but, but look ahead. Look at the promise. Look at the blessing. Look at the increase that's in front of you. But all I see is the mess in the rearview mirror. 
But that's just a lie of the enemy because here's the thing. If you can see the mess in the rearview mirror, that means that you've already gone through the mess. And the Bible says that He always leads us in triumph. So the place in where we're going is not a place of defeat. It's not a place of being broken down by the side of the road. No, it's a place of blessing. It's a place of the promise and the covenant of God that He has with us. It's the life that Jesus said, that's what I've come to give you. A life that is full and a life that is lived fulfilled. Amen. The Lord said this to me last year. He said at the beginning of the year, He said, this year your joy shall be made full. And so I grabbed a hold of that, and there's much of what God did last year that restored some joy or renewed joy on the inside of my heart. And He continued that into this year. And some of the things that I've begun to see in our, our lives are natural things that have begun to shift and begin, begun to turn. And I'm telling you, God has done some amazing, supernatural things within our lives that it's begun to turn. And because of some of those things that are turning just in the natural, it has restored joy and peace and comfort of mind in our lives because of what God has done. But then the Lord said this to me the other day. He says, is that all your joy is worth? Is that all that it takes to get your joy? Or is it more than just that thing? Is it just more or is it more than just those things that you see me doing here? And I said, oh no, God. No, 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 There's so much more. Because... There's the natural thing that you're doing, but God, the more thing that I want to see is spiritual. I want to see, God, you move in such a miraculous... I want to see the outpouring of the Spirit of God in my family, in my, in my church, in my city, in my community. God, that's what would really restore my joy. But once again, how easily we can get derailed off the plan in the pursuit of God if we're not attentive. Amen? You know, as... Oftentimes, as I said, as we're pursuing the plan of God for our lives, you come to that crossroads. We come to those crossroads just about every day, don't we? In fact, he says this, he says, choose this day whom you'll serve. So it's a daily process. I said, it's a daily process. Are you going to follow him today? Are you going to follow him tomorrow? And so... Well, I guess I just, I'll ask you the question. In that daily process, how's it going? How are you doing in your walk with God? Is it just a weekend relationship? Is it just a relationship based upon the prayer that you prayed? Or do you know Him? Because He so loves you. And the life that He wants to fulfill in your life is not stuff. Though stuff comes along with His blessing. To live a life that is truly full and fulfilled is a life that is lived by knowing Him. You know, I, I mentioned the rear view mirror. 
oftentimes that's how we as Christians live our life is looking through the lens of the rearview mirror. One, we can look in the lens and look at all the mess that we've come through and all the stuff that we've endured over time. In fact, for that matter, oftentimes because of that, it's difficult for us to experience the joy of life, isn't it? Because when we look at that, we're thinking, Dear God, I've been focusing on what's in the rearview mirror. And because I've been focusing on the rearview mirror so long, I've ran off the road. I've lost sight of what's ahead of me. For many, there are individuals that have almost had a collision course in their relationships or they did have a collision course in their relationships because they didn't focus on what was ahead of them and they kept looking on what's in the rearview mirror. There's individuals that say, you know, I hear you talk about a life fulfilled, but all I can see is the pain that was behind me. Pastor, you talk about having faith for the future. All I can do is barely have faith for the present because I've exerted all my faith and now my gas tank is empty because when I look in the rearview mirror, all I see is the mountain that we just climbed. And I'm on empty. And so what we end up doing is we focus on the wrong thing. But maybe you're like me. <laughs> kind of telling off on myself. It's embarrassing to say this. But I'm sure you're like me. <laughs> Have you ever adjusted your rearview mirror that you're not looking out the back window, but you're, you've adjusted it to where you see you in the mirror? And maybe you're looking at yourself in the mirror because you're primping, you're looking at your hair, maybe you ladies are looking at your makeup, or maybe you're just having a conversation with yourself, right? And you're looking in the mirror. Maybe you're singing a song to yourself, I don't know, but you know what I'm talking about. You turn the mirror to see yourself. And as I said, you come to those crossroads, and as the habit is, you turn to look in the mirror because you just want to see what's behind you, but because you haven't adjusted the mirror, rather than seeing what's behind you, when you glance up at the mirror, all you see is yourself again. And once again, that's oftentimes what we've done is we've walked through this life not seeing what's ahead of us, but we've only begun to see ourselves. And you would say, well, I live a fulfilled life, I'm happy. But my question is, is your happiness and your fulfillment of what you think you have and what you've experienced based upon your efforts in the arm of the flesh? And here's the problem. If all I do is see me in the mirror and my life and my fulfillment and my joy is built upon what I've done, it's really false humility. It's false hope. And it's not joy. It's just meaningless gratification for the moment because you'll find that if individuals because once again you'll find people that they're christians they've asked jesus into their heart they've got a very good life but their life hasn't been surrendered to the will of god and so they're on this path and they come at crossroads every day of their life but they choose to follow their own desires and so they have the house, they have the cars, they can go on vacation, they have the money, they seemingly have everything that you can possibly want, but you'll notice those people that have built a life upon their own strength, they're the individuals that consistently have to have change. They've always got to be busy doing this and always doing that. 
They've always got to have something new. Why? Because their life has been fulfilled on what they've done rather than what God has brought along the way. And therefore, they're trying to find happiness through substance rather than the joy that God can bring and the fulfillment that He said, that's my mandate, that's my purpose. You can experience it if you'll follow me. Amen? But there's a third thing or a third way to look at that rearview mirror, if you will. The first is to look in the mirror and see all the mess that is behind. And I can let that derail my life because my focus is on all the stuff that was once behind. Or I can look in that mirror and I can see me and the life that I've built and it still feels like my life is running off course and it's not truly fulfilled. And I keep chasing my tail. Or I can begin to look in the mirror. And when, the, when I look in the mirror, I no longer see me, but I see Him. I see Him in me. Just like in the old covenant when God says, if you'll keep my statutes and my commandments, you'll inherit the blessing. He kept telling them and reminding them, keep my statutes. What was he doing? He was saying, I want you to remember. I want you to remember. I want you to remember. He was not wanting them to remember the junk. He was wanting them to remember what he brought them from. He was not wanting them to remember all the do's and the don'ts of what God said. No, he wanted them to remember his love that said, if you'll follow me, you'll experience the best and the blessing that I've promised you. And Jesus said the very same thing. He says, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And what does He do? He continually points you to the cross of saying, this is what I've come to do that you might have life and life more abundantly. He's consistently reminding you and pointing you to the Father. God so loved you that He sent me. Come on. I asked you the question, I said, how many of us or how are we doing on our daily relationship with the Lord? You know, when we look in the Old Covenant, the Bible tells us that God was on the mountain and He was talking. And the people said, uh-uh, we don't want to go up there. They said, Moses, you go talk to God. And then the Bible says that once they built the tabernacle and the presence of God came and dwelt in the tabernacle, the Bible says that Moses went in to talk with God and it says that the people stood by and would watch Moses go fellowship with the Lord. In other words, their relationship with God was through a man. I said their relationship with God was through a man when it could have been them individually. I think too often in the body of Christ, our relationship with God is through another person. Well, you know, my granddaddy and my grandmama, they were great Christians and they took me to church when I was a kid. And so, therefore, I, I must have a relationship with God. I believe in God. Or maybe it's your, your spouse, your husband or your wife. And because they go to church, you go to church. And so, uh, it's really not a personal conviction on your own. 
You love God, you've asked Jesus into your heart, but really the motivation of going to church is because your spouse goes to church and because they go to church, you go to church. And so therefore your relationship with God is based upon the person. Are you tracking with me? Or, you know, the pastor, he, he, he ministers a good message and I come to church and that's when I hear from God and, and we see that that's ordained and that's so and it should be that way. But that's not the only way that you can hear from God and get direction for your life. And if it's only built on a man or a preacher, then once again, your relationship is limited to a man or a person. And God doesn't want your relationship built by or through somebody else. He wants you to have a personal relationship with Him. So let me just get nosy. When it comes to your own personal life, how conscious of you, are you of God? When you get up in the morning, when you go to work, when you come home, when you go to bed, how conscious are you of Him? with you how frequently do you actually talk to him not just to say a prayer lord bless this food let it be health and nourishment bless the hands that prepared it in jesus name amen i'm not talking i just how when's the last time that you just fellowshiped with the lord and just talked to him hey god just wanted to talk this morning when was the last time I think so oftentimes our relationship, once again, revolves around our occasional attendance at church. And I'm not saying that to be critical. My point is, is that God wants you to have a personal relationship of knowing Him. He's so real. And He desires that you know Him. And that's why He says when you look in the mirror, who do you see? Do you see you or do you see me? What's the lyrics of, those, of that last song? Let me look it up here. I wrote it down. Some of those lyrics that said this. It says, you are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. I am who you say that I am. I'm crowned with confidence. I'm seated and undefeated with the one who conquered it all. That's who you are. Do you see yourself the way He sees you? Because here's the thing. You might feel gross. You might feel dirty. You might feel unworthy. You might feel as though God is so far from you. And when you look in the mirror, all you can feel is condemnation and, and, and inadequacy and shame and guilt. But God says, I've done something for you through the cross, through the shedding of my blood, and therefore I've given you a robe of righteousness. You're seeing through the eyes and the lens of your natural eye, through your emotions and your feelings. He says, but I've given you a robe of righteousness, and it's cleansed you, it's covered you, it's made you pure, it's made you forgiven, and therefore I don't see you that way. You need to see yourself the way that I see you. Amen. All of us are facing battles and struggles and challenges in our life. How many of you know that a contender that steps foot in the ring does not step foot in the ring thinking he's going to lose? He steps in the ring every single time thinking, I'm going to win. The moment that you think you're going to lose, you'll be defeated. 
So you're going to face challenges. You're going to face obstacles. You're going to face crossroads in your life. The question is, is where are you going to go from here? But in Him, you're already victorious. Because He said, I lead you in to triumph. Church is continuing to move up. God is taking us somewhere. And so I just ask you to join us on the journey. Come hungry. Come expecting. If you're coming and looking to see who's here, then you've missed the one that is here. Because He'll meet you and He'll radically change your life. We can get anywhere from here. Amen. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to challenge you to examine your own heart. First of all, if you're here, if you're watching online, I want you to examine your heart and answer the question that if you was to die right now, if you were to leave this place pulling out onto the road, if you were struck by a car and was declared dead upon arrival, where would you spend eternity? Would you step over into eternity meeting God face to face? Or would you go somewhere else? If you're here and you say, I don't know that answer, then I want to give you that opportunity. If you're here or watching online and you're saying, I hope so. Hoping don't get you there. If you say, well, I, 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 I think I will. No, thinking don't get you there either. You may say, well, then how do I know that I will go to heaven? It's real simple. It's not based upon what you did or do. It's based on what he's already done. Jesus answered that question that said, the one that is born again will receive eternal life. The man that he said that to says, well, does that mean that I must enter into my mother's womb a second time? He says, no, there's being born of water and there's being born of the Spirit. So what he's saying is that you can have a new birth in Christ. He says, how do I do that? He said, all you have to do is to confess the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. And so if you're here today, if you're watching online and you say, I don't know where I would spend eternity. I want to give you that opportunity. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you today. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. You might be concerned about who's sitting next to you. What people might think. Listen, this is between you and God right now. Now, I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want, want you to raise your hand so I can acknowledge that. And then I'll pray for you at the end. But on the count of three, if you want to know today. That you would spend eternity. Would you just raise your hand? One. Two. Three. If that's you. Would you just raise your hand? Alright. If you're watching online and you say I want to receive Christ. Well, we're going to pray. In church we're going to pray together. Say this prayer with me. In fact for that matter. Just as a recommittal of our relationship with God. Let's do that right now. Dear Heavenly Father, 
Thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I believe that He hung on a cross. That He died and went to the grave. And on the third day He arose. And so I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. I commit my life to you. And from this moment forward, I can get anywhere from here. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Well, listen, if you prayed that prayer and you are here with us or you're online, we have some information right down at the Connect spot. If you'll grab it, there's a little green envelope and it will just help you in your walk with the Lord. Just giving you some pointers and some tips as to how you can grow. Well, we just wanted you to know that we're here for you and we love you. And we'll see you the next time we're together. Amen. Remember, this Wednesday, prayer at 6 o'clock. Well, that's it. Do you feel the glory? Do you feel the filling? I know you do. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and come back next week for God to move on your behalf again. Want to know more? Check us out online and our social media, all from our website, gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.